0: Over the last few days, my, my confidence in the Lord has been growing tremendously <clears throat> and my um, personal revelations of the Word, I feel like I have, I have studied so hard, I have prayed so much and just been nonstop. just been so hungry for God's Word and for deep revelation into His Word and I just feel like God is showing me more and more and more the difference between being a Christian and being a follower, you know, from a Western world standpoint Uh, Kind of the difference in that one book that says uh, the difference between a fan and a follower of Jesus Christ. And that Christians really do work. They follow. And the implications of all the people that are possibly sitting in church thinking that they have received salvation, received Jesus Christ, and are following Him, but they really are not. I've been just, that's been building up and building up and the message has been building up and maturing and having more and more... You know, a revelation coming attached to it and then all of a sudden, in fact, I was so excited to meet with my pastor this morning and just share with him the new things I'm learning and the studying I'm doing and Jesus Christ's commandments and um, a few days ago, there has been an incident with a very good friend of mine a lady that I've been um, trying to, to um, actually just been being very good friends with her and we've been both kind of sharing and our stories and stuff like that, she's just a, been like a sister of mine that I've never had But um, unfortunately, we've entered into some serious conflict because I began to teach that my eyes are being opened to the ifs that are in the parable of the vine in the 15th chapter of John, meaning Jesus is saying, Look, you're clean, you have salvation if you remain in me. And if you abide in me through obeying my commands, you'll remain in my love. And all the ifs, there's six different ifs so that there's conditions on fighting in Jesus, being loved, remaining in His commands, and also in having prayers answered. They're all based upon if we remain in Him. So I've been bringing up this topic with a friend of mine and she's been quite anxious about some things in her life and I suggested to her, are you obeying God in all things? And you know, here's what I've discovered is um, you actually can lose your salvation. I wasn't saying this direct to her, I was just saying that I believe that people can fall away lose their salvation I believe there's a lot of people that think they're saved they're not and I believe that you have to follow the commands of Jesus Christ in order to inherit the eternal promise of you know life so this blew up in my face and she began to feel very threatened by the message and said that it's a horrible teaching and that I'm really going to damage a lot of people teaching this and I've sat through all this teaching before and it did horrible things to me and, you know, you're being so judgmental of me with my vulnerabilities and it was just this really, really accusatory message. Um, I was simply trying to help her probe the red lights that were going off on her dash of her spiritual life and get her to relook at it and say, is it possible you're outside of any of the commandments of Christ on these things? Because this person had expressed that you know, they don't feel the presence of God, and that they've actually been angry with God, and so forth and so on. And I said, "Well, isn't it any wonder?" And then this person is a runner; they constantly run from one city or from one job. They've lived in thirty-something different places, and they're only thirty-four years old. <clears throat> and so, there's some things going on there. But the, but the bottom line is, is that this busted my chops so much that I, I just felt that sinking feeling and it was like I stepped on the snake. Almost like what what um, Rusty would describe to me. He said, you know Michael, that snake laying in your path the other day is prophetic of what the enemy's trying to do. He just lays a snake right in your path, it doesn't make any noise and then all of a sudden it just explodes on you and that venom causes it to run through your body and activates your nervous system and gets you all anxious and your heart's racing and all of that, and I thought, my gosh, he's describing to me exactly how I felt this morning as I read this email from this friend of mine. Totally a shocker. I had no idea she was going to feel this way. And it just felt like she's wrapped up, that the enemy has deceived her, and um, she's railing against the idea that uh, there's a truth other than the one that she currently is holding on to and belief as truth. And it bothered me. And so now I feel like I've been all day going, wait a second, am I... It's causing me to doubt. You know, am, am I wrong? I mean, you know, what's the real truth? Have I, have I really gotten out of, out of line here on some things? And it's really, really squashed this confidence that I had going. And I am actually sitting here going, man, I got a Bible study tonight. I'm teaching these guys the commandments of Jesus Christ. And on my way to see Rusty this morning, I see 666. Um, I saw it on the way home, and then I saw a 1010. So I know that God is warning me that the enemy is on me. He's trying to plant these seeds of doubt. He's trying to, and he's even using somebody who's been close to me who I would have not suspected. And Rusty talked to me this morning about being very careful to not get so distracted that you take your eyes off of the trail ahead, meaning that the enemy doesn't give you a warning. He just lays right in your path and waits for you to step on him. And so I feel like I got bit today by the enemy through my friend who I've been counseling. She's um, a wounded person for sure, feels that she's been healed. But just seeing this kind of behavior and reaction shows me, because even if I were completely wrong in what my assessment is, a mature, healthy, uh, emotionally well Christian would not have responded with such, I hate to say it, venom. There's venom in that. So I think, I'm, I think God is, is teaching me. Now obviously I realize I need to be very gentle with people and stuff like that. But I think God is really, really just showing me another level of spiritual warfare. And I need to return and overcome good, overcome evil with good. Um, I do not have any hard feelings towards her at all. None whatsoever. I feel compassion for her. But this definitely has shook my confidence in my whole, you know, obey Jesus Christ bandwagon that I've been on. And now I'm starting to wonder, I'm starting to see how, that's exactly what the enemy would want to do, is to undermine the passion that I have to teach people to be obedient to God, because that's where they'll experience. So I'm going to, with his help, press in and press on and not give up and continue with exactly what I've known. The enemy would want me to give up or shrink back from this message. And instead I'm going to keep going with God's help. And I'll have him re-strengthen me. It seems that every time the enemy attacks me and I keep going I get stronger and stronger. So I'm just going to just ask for the Lord's grace just like I did this morning. And I'm going to keep on walking. I also just want to add to that last message of how much I realize that this undermines my confidence in the promises I'm looking at what's the full impact of what has happened with my friend and how she has uh, reacted to me and and accused me of being judgmental and damaging people by teaching this and um, I know there's a couple of thoughts first of all the the commandment the Lord says that you know be weary when everyone speaks well of you so I've often said Lord everybody does speak kind of well of me that I know of So now I see that I am getting some persecution. So, I think that is actually a positive thing because I'm supposed to rejoice and be glad. Um, I'm not glad that the person is um, being used like that to hurt me, but I'm glad that I can stand up against the persecution with God's help and that I'm in fact encroaching on enemy territory by speaking truth. So, I think that's going on. And then... I find it very interesting how much here I am at the very tail end of waiting for God to deliver me. And my confidence in my circumstances is weak at best. My confidence in the Lord has been exceptionally strong. And as I continue to wait on Him, you know, the the harder the circumstances get, the more I have to prevail in prayer and and persistence and all that. And I, uh, I find it very interesting how the impact of this girl's reaction has had... A huge blow to my confidence it makes you feel like well, maybe the Lord's not with you maybe you're a bad teacher maybe you're you're not teaching very well maybe you're a false teacher and you need to be really careful and and I tell you what it has totally disrupted my confidence in preaching the Word I found myself today as I was reading the Word going well maybe that doesn't mean what that says maybe that doesn't mean and all of a sudden I'm starting to question everything and I now realize that that is totally how the devil would work Totally, totally, totally how the devil would work to steal, to kill, and to destroy, and to silence me, and to knock me off of my horse. So I'm just trying to see the truth through the mess. And it seems to me like the enemy's all in this, trying to just destroy my confidence. Because after all, I have seen 111 twice today. Shortly after that happened, I've seen 111, which is the father telling me that he's pleased with me. So, hmm, interesting. Just finished up a wonderful meeting with Pastor Rusty, um, about two hours, and I just want to real quick highlight a couple of things that he said that um, I want to make sure I remember. One thing was I explained to him the the way I understand salvation is best quoted by A.W. Tozer and... Andrew Murray who said a man is not saved by good works but a man is not saved apart from good works and he added the word instead of apart to say to we are not saved by good works we are saved to good works Jesus points out you know that or uh, Paul points out that we are created in Christ Jesus and, and we were created to do good works which were prepared in advance for us to do so I like his play on words. One of the big things that he talked about was the semantics of some words that I can use that might cause confusion to other people. You know, learning to be very, um, not very, not watering down God's word and not living in fear of man, but being gentle in your approach and wording it in a way that, helps the person receive it not flee from it another thing he said that I thought was awesome is that sometimes it's best to some people can't be helped and then it's better for you to refer them to somebody else and so in the instance of a particular situation I've had where um, kind of been butting heads with somebody on theological viewpoints he's recommended that you know that's a person that you probably can't help you need to, your best gift to them is to refer them to somebody else. So I thought that was a really good word. The other thing he did say is that he he definitely sees the hand of God on me. He said that I need to continue to allow God to strengthen me against the enemy. I sense that he still thinks it's not time for me to be in the public. He said, you know, I still don't think that it's time for you to be out in the public, that you can do it. He doesn't mind the discipling. He thinks that's good, but he still thinks that it's, it's a good thing that I do not do the public thing uh, right now. He did then say later that, he said, I have not taken lightly your offers to serve me. And he said, I am thinking about something, having you work with me on something. But I need to talk to Lisa. And he says, I've talked to Lisa. And he says, I want to have you over for dinner after the conference and let you get to know Lisa and let Lisa get to know you. Because he goes, we don't do things apart from one another. He trusts her discernment. That was a pretty interesting thought. I'm very excited about that. He did say that he felt that the, the incident I had the other day with the snake was a prophetic warning. You know, to make sure that I realize that the enemy is in my path. Okay, so while I'm editing this clip... I'm going to go ahead and put in the video footage. And of course, you're only going to hear the audio of it in this recording of this rattlesnake encounter I had on September 10th, 2013. And if you'd like to see the video, I will post the video directly below this audio link at the relentlessart.com website. Clicking series, selecting trusting God in the wilderness. And it'll be under the September of 2013 files. Oh gosh, the Lord is good. I just met this girl named Colleen on the trail, and we were just talking. I was giving her directions. I was talking to her about God. I come from right up around here. I just came from that way. And I'm looking down. I'm just walking, and I would have just gotten bitten by this rattlesnake right here. Look at the size of this joker. He's sitting right here on the trail. Here's how, how narrow the trail is right here. I mean, I cannot walk past it. He, I've seen, I think, this guy before look at him, he's not rattling or anything. I would have just totally walked right up on this guy. Oh, now he's mad. Now he's like, get back, Jack. Listen at that. Wow, you waited a little late, mister. Why didn't you warn me a little bit sooner before I got right up on you? Thank you, Jesus. Now I'm not even gonna be able to go this way. I do not wanna walk past that guy. Ooh, look at him turning. Wow, he's starting to get really frustrated. But he's nice, he's moving away. Wow. Get on out of here, big fella, so I can get by on my trail here. That's right, get on out of here. I hear you. I hear you. Boy, you are stealth, man. That close to death. I was just walking right past this guy. Thank you for getting out of here. Thank you for getting out of here.
1: Get on out of here.
0: Get on out of here. Okay, I'm backing off. I'm backing off. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I literally was just walking along and totally would have walked right in front of that rattlesnake. Thank you, Lord. Woo! And that he's not making a noise and rattling you. Um, He said something that was so awesome. He's like, you know, the enemy's not going to let you know he's there. You said the snake wasn't rattling. He goes, the enemy's not going to let you know he's there. He's like, he's just going to lie in wait and you're going to step right on him unless it be by God's grace. If you are if you get so busy, he said, if you get so busy and focused on all kinds of things that you're not in the moment and alert, I think this is something that God wants me to make sure I get too is I keep thinking about that scripture that says um, discretion will protect you and understanding will guide you. I think it's Proverbs 3.11. He's, he said that you know, I need to be aware that the enemy is after me. And that he said, you know, the, Paul says, we're not unaware of the devil's schemes. Schemes are not accidental. Schemes are intentional. It's planning on the devil's part. He knows where you're weak to try to trip you up. He said, the devil knows where I'll turn my head. He knows where I'll look. And He was talking about women and stuff and making sure that, you know, I get to a place where I don't turn my head on those things, meaning that that's not a weakness he said cuz Michael even when you get married he goes that doesn't change that women will be after you or that the enemy will try to exploit you got to do away with that weakness this is right in line with what God has been showing me that I need to practice the self-control of and I have been I was just coaching a guy a couple nights ago saying don't look at the women don't look just turn away don't look away because it's that look that creates the enticement I know the Lord wants me to be strengthened in that, and I know I am being strengthened in that, and I think that's awesome, but I need more. That was really his word to me. He didn't have very many uh, straight-up strict words for me. He was encouraged. I, I did tell him a little bit about the 777 and how God is speaking to me every day, and he didn't really know about the whole 777 thing and the divorce ending on 777 days, and incidentally, I was telling him about 848... How God uses 848. And when I went to get my phone to show him, it was 848. So God's showing me that he's with me. And I told him, I said, Rusty, I'm prophesying to you. I said, you're going to see something miraculous. God is going to deliver me in a miraculous way because I have been, I've put it all on the line. I've lost my dignity. I've lost everything. I'm totally dependent upon the father. He's given me, you know, opportunities to do some work. And uh, he's told me no. So right now I'm just totally, you know, studying. And so those are the only things that I can really remember is. Um, oh, the other thing he told me to do is to make sure that I'm studying the books of and Timothy, read them every day for 30 days, and then take off 30 days and go back and read them 30 days again. He said, you need to, you need to read the book of Timothy every day for 30 days and then go back after a 30 day rest and read them again and just soak in them he said that is those are books written to those who serve in the capacity that i'm likely to to serve in he did say that he felt like i had an extraordinary communication ability he almost started to say i haven't seen anyone that has the ability to communicate in all the different ways you do with the video and the speaking and all that he he was i think he was being very edifying of the gift um and then he said, and I do see God doing something, you know, wonderful with that on a whole new level, you know, down the road. So I think he's talking about the daily videos and stuff like that. So, anyhow, um, we'll see what's, what's happening in, uh, in God's timing. It'll work. And then he invited me to come volunteer this weekend at the women's thing. So I'm going to definitely do that. So, the thing he said about the snake. Was he said, Michael? He said, That is a picture of what the enemy is trying to do in your life. He said, You see how much you're under attack. He said, You've been attacked in so many different ways because God wants to use you. And he said, That snake lying in your path didn't give you any warning whatsoever. It was just sitting right there. And he says, If you get too busy, too distracted, the enemy would just lays in wait for you to step on him, just like that. It's an open opportunity. If, if you don't stay alert, And he said, remember, the the putting on the full armor of God is so that we do not fall into the devil's schemes. He said, schemes don't happen by accident. Schemes is a deliberate intent plan to destroy, to hurt you, to do harm to you. It's It's not just like random acts of violence. The devil has an intent and a plan. And he said, if you notice, that snake didn't make any noise you coming up to it. He said, and the enemy doesn't give you any warnings either. And he says he wants you to step right on him and bite. And he says that venom going in you creates anxiety and nervousness. And you can feel, you can feel the, the venom of the enemy inside. And um, I thought, my goodness, that's exactly how I felt when I read Tanya's email this morning. It's, it's, I was all excited about meeting Rusty. Totally, totally excited until I read Tanya's email. And it sucked. That life and energy right out of me. I had just been bit Because I was accused, you know? So Tanya basically was telling you that you were wrong, evidently, in the email. Oh, and that that I absolutely hurt her, and that I was judgmental of her, and I judged her. I mean, it was very accusatory. Very accusatory. It must have been how she felt, though. So you can imagine that sinking feeling. That's just like the enemy putting the poison in you. It creates that sick feeling in your stomach. Your nerves begin to activate and all of that. So it was a good example, and he was just talking about the importance of... Um, staying alert and um, making sure that I'm not you know, getting too focused everywhere else and, and realizing that the enemy is going to continue to try to lay snakes in your path and he'll put them right in your path and then we talked about what that looked like and that you know, there's been these issues of women and the, he, you know, he talked about the thing and there's been some other women and he said the enemy knows, he said we used to say in the old days there was three things, gold, glory avoid three things in the ministry to be successful gold glory and girls and he said that's an old word that still has meaning and he said i told him i said you know that god has already shown me who my wife is and he never really knew about the 777 thing he didn't understand how much god spoke to me with numbers he didn't get the whole he never watched the end of the story to see the 777 he thought that was astonishing And I said, Rusty, here's what I'm going to tell you. God speaks to me through numbers. He just does. And I said, I'm going to tell you something that's going to scare the living daylights out of you when I tell you what I'm going to tell you. And I told him about the child support and not paying it. And I've had job opportunities with video. And God says, don't take it. And then my parents give me money. And God says, don't take it. And all these things. And I said, I'm just waiting on what the Lord wants me to do. And um, I said, I see this number, 848. I said, When I got in my driveway this morning, get to go to the car, it's 848. That's God telling me that my faith has delivered me as God as my witness. When I went to show him the number on my phone, the picture I took, what time was it? And I said, Rusty, here's how it works right here. It was 848 while I was talking to him about the 848. He was like, And then I showed him. I said, you want to see something even more awesome? Look at my emails this morning. This one came in at 5.11. That's James 5.11. Blessed is he who perseveres. You know of Job's perseverance, what the Lord finally brought about. I said, every day when I get beat down, God shows me that. And if I don't go crybaby to him, he doesn't show it to me. But if I'm down and weak, he shows it to me. Look at the second email I got. Patience in affliction. The scripture verse in the middle of it was James 5.11 in my email. This was all just in my email today. So I explained to him all about that, I told him about Laura, not just, just brief, and he said, even after you get married, Michael, he said, that stuff doesn't go away. He said, the enemy will know where you're weak and to get you to look. And so his, his, his goal was to keep me reminding me of the importance of allowing the Lord to strengthen me because he doesn't want to see me get jettisoned off and then uh, you know be destroyed. And so... Um, just reminding me of, of that. And I said, well, you know, I'm, I'm really working hard on that. I said, I've been discipling this one guy who looks at every woman that we pass. And I said, I've been teaching him about what Job said, make a covenant with your eyes, not to look at the fair maiden. And then I said, I said, if you notice, when we walk around, you don't see me looking at women. If I see one, I, look at, I intentionally look the other way. I'm training myself to not even look, not even be enticed. So we talked a lot about that. And then um, that's all I really wanted to record for right now. Did you say anything about you? Not taking jobs when you're in trouble. He said, There's three things I can never do for another person. He said, I can never push a person into a relationship with God or tell them how to have their relationship with God. He said, I can't tell them who to marry because I don't have to live with the person they're marrying, number one. And then he said, I cannot tell somebody um, to not do what god is is speaking to them or take the place of god's unique voice in their life that if a person is hearing from the lord he said now i can make recommendations and i can you know if somebody's out of line i can bring them back into line and there's there's things that he can do in that way he says but i can never you know make somebody's relationship with god i can't interfere with somebody's ability to hear from god you know when they're communicating and i can't correct those are three things he said you know in relation to what we were talking about that he can't do and um he did say that he doesn't know very many people that would do he says there's not very many people like you michael he said you got to understand he said you're on a whole different level he said so for you to try to talk about obedience to somebody is a whole different deal he said because michael i don't know hardly anybody that's doing what you're doing he did say this he said, so for me to talk about obedience, he's saying that I need to keep in mind that not everybody's where I'm at. And, that, and never will be. Well, I don't and want to God say God never, not, but... And God may never ask them to do that. That is really kind of where he was going. God's not going to ask everybody to do that. God is not asking everybody to put Isaac on the altar. Yes, so he, he, he gets it. Anyone. He gets it. But he didn't indicate to you at all that you should make sure you're hearing from God or nope he, he knows I'm hearing from the Lord he knows and so I'm going to spend all weekend with him and the guys at the um oh at the mm-hmm, mm-hmm. taking care of the babies mm-hmm. yeah and then
1: so he, does he said that
0: too? he babysits the, the babies well he probably does whatever needs to be done but he asked me if I would come and he said can you come and stay all weekend and I said yeah he says, if you don't got anything better do that way well, you can get to know some of the other pastors but here's the positive. Here's what you're wanting to know about the conversation. Is He said that, um, he said, I want you to know I have not taken lightly your offer to serve me, not at all. And he said, I've been praying about it. And he said, I have something that I would like to do with you. Something that I would like for you to participate in with me on and join me in. And he said, but I haven't gotten a yes from God yet he said but I am seriously praying about it and he said after the conference I want you to come to our house for dinner I want Lisa to meet you so don't know what it is don't need to know I just know that everything is going according to plan and he was really excited about me doing the Bible study and the discipleship but he he said that he felt like I still didn't need to be out in the public just yet Doing the the, the the online thing, he said the, the doing it locally. He said that's awesome. He said that's great. I said I thought even about Bible even asking study? you. Yeah, he said that's wonderful. I said I thought about asking you. if you Even thought I should. He says no. He says that's in that's inside stuff. He said I'm just saying that I think it may still be a little bit too early for you to to be in the public. I you know, if he still senses ego about you. No, he's afraid of women. He's afraid I need to be strengthened. He said, Michael. It doesn't change after you get married. They don't stop hounding you. They don't stop trying to come on to you. They don't stop looking at you. And he just keeps saying over and over. Yeah, but you weren't really tempted when you were married to... mm Did you tell him that? No, he doesn't know that. Mom, when I sit down with him, it's like a shotgun approach. I mean, I'm wanting to get out... I had to get out four months' worth of where I've been a real mm-hmm. short period of time. I didn't have a chance to tell him all things, but... I also don't want to be sitting there defending myself a whole lot. Yeah, I've had to try to explain to him where I'm at in a couple things. Yeah, in a marriage relationship, I was never, I was not tempted. I, I did not have that problem at all. And the fact is, it's not like I'm sitting around looking at all these women like I want to have sex with them. It's just that I do desire, but to be in a relationship. And he was talking about you know loneliness and all that, and I said, you know, I'm not really feeling lonely. I just know that God has already shown me who I'm going to have. I just have to wait and. You know that goes, but no, I think I think what I discern is is he's wanting like he said that he feels for certain that God is going to do something extraordinary with my speaking and and video and stuff. He says I haven't seen anybody. He, said, he he started to say I don't know anybody that communicates like you do in this way with the video and your ability to speak and all that kind of stuff. And he he literally said that he goes I think God's got something big planned for that. But it's about allowing there to be a period of time to be strengthened in the areas that I've shown weakness in. Just there's no race, you know. And and what is God telling me to do? God's telling me store up the commands, learn all these Did teachings. You tell about that? Oh, yeah, I showed it to him. He thought it was great. So I really would like to be around him more just so I could learn from him. There's no race in God's kingdom. You know what I mean? It's not a race. And he just has so much wisdom from the experience of all the things that he got out and did wrong, and all the people he' surrounded himself with, the people that God's put in his life. Look at all the pastors sitting around. Look at all the stuff that he hears, mm-hmm. and that they hear from him. I mean, it's just like this snowball thing you give, you receive, you give, you receive, you give, mm-hmm, you receive mm-hmm, mm-hmm. when I'm around Rusty, he makes me feel like I'm not as ready as I think I am. You follow me, mm hmm So in other words, you don't see me sitting around here racing. On the contrary, you guys have always been like, go, push, get... And I'm like, nope, there's a reason. But even still, when I meet with him, I sense the importance of letting this thing marinate and getting the foundation solid, rock solid. Not only that, but I already know I'm not supposed to do anything without the church. I'm not supposed to do something on my own. So I'm kind of... you follow two me? By two. Yeah. So, th- 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 I think that that maybe is maybe what he's—he may be thinking something along that lines. I don't know, but he said after the conference, or where I'm going to have dinner with him. He telling that I, was I was really excited about getting to meet Lisa because I knew that is a big deal. Mm-hmm. He said, "I want you to meet Lisa." He's like, "I've told her all about you." That was cool. I know not everybody gets to meet her. Did you tell me about the dream I had about the devil with his hand over my mouth? Mm-mm, no. I wondered if that had something to do with like the snake too, because that was like the day after I had that dream. You no, know, I don't remember you saying the devil had his hand over your mouth. Remember, I told you I dreamed. You told about me you had a devil. dream about the devil, but you said you didn't. The last 24 hours have been such a, uh, oh goodness, just an amazing, amazing blessing of God. Every day I leave the house, I ask for the Father, for the grace. I I ask for and receive the grace I need for the day. And I ask the Father to use me in whatever way He sees fit. fit. And even though the Lord's primary purpose for me the last several months has been working um, and studying the Scriptures, God is still allowing me to help people every day. Last night I was at the Blue Plate restaurant, Um, an hour past their closing in the parking lot with a couple in their car, me standing outside of it, holding their hands, having them renounce all the ties that they've had in their life to Satan from, you know, going to um, ghost houses, um, participating in any kind of occult things and just renouncing um, all ties to darkness, uh, recognizing that it's played a huge role in the demise of their marriage. They're a divorced couple, and uh, they're, they are uh, really just finding the Lord and, and being so encouraged out of the darkness. And they were just so blessed and crying and, and so thankful. And I'm just, this is, this is amazing um, to see this stuff happening. Then um, this evening I've been working on the, the commandments again. I'm sitting at Starbucks, I move outside to read a little bit, and I notice a lady, she's probably in her middle 60s, and I just happened to say hello, and before I knew it, she began to open up and uh, talk, and and then she began to talk about how she's recently been abused by a pastor here in town. And um, long story short, this lady went on and on and on about how much she had been hurt, and she began, to, and I said, oh, I know exactly why the Father has had me You know, meet up with this lady and she was getting ready to sue him in fact she ran into the attorney today at the same Starbucks she's seen him twice and she was getting ready to sue him and there's other people involved and um, I spent about 45 minutes with her sharing a little bit about my story and teaching her from the Bible what God says teaching her the passage in Paul about not going to lawsuit against another believer but rather be wronged or cheated the parable of the persistent widow in Luke 18 and um, Matthew 5:39. Do not resist an evil person. It has been. It was amazing. This lady ended up crying, and I said, "May I pray for you? May I just pray?" And we prayed, and I asked the Father to help her to forgive him. And um, we were sitting outside just praying. And I mean, this is just epic. I, I just want to spend the rest of my life doing this. I, I'm just. I'm so blessed. I mean. You couldn't write me a check for a million dollars to replace this. We got done praying and she said, Michael, I forgive him right now. I choose to forgive him right now. And um, she started to cry and she said, I just felt so, I feel so free. And she's like, this is amazing. I've never had anything like this happen in my life. And she's like, I didn't think I was going to have the ability to forgive him. And I just didn't think I was there yet. And I said, Mary, you are officially there. You just went to that level and it was just amazing so this lady is now not going to sue this pastor not going to get you know in the media not gonna you know get all these other people involved that that were potentially also thinking about suing him and she's going to forgive him we prayed for him and asked the father to forgive him and prayed that the darkness would be overcome in his in his heart by you know the light and that he would no longer be held captive by satan to do his works and then we just spent another 15 minutes and I just began to explain to her some things and teach her the basics of, you know, spiritual warfare and the, the teachings of Jesus Christ. And it's just amazing. And she was just so blown away. She was so blown away that God, I just told her how much the Father loved her and how proud of her He was for making this decision. And that she now has a testimony. And she is going to see God's faithfulness, and she will see justice, and she can trust Him. It was just just incredible. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. I just uh, want to record that the last 24 hours had been so amazing, and yet I, I want to also just capture the fact that this requires no effort on my part. This is totally the, the parable of the true vine. Uh, that being Jesus Christ and that if we abide in Him and He in us we will bear much fruit but apart from Him we can do nothing. You know, I think a lot of people when they start thinking about obeying Jesus they start thinking about all the things they have to do. Like, I gotta go produce the fruit but you don't produce the fruit. The fruit is produced by remaining attached to the vine. Now you do do works but you do works as you follow Jesus Christ but it's really Him working through you literally so you know as mary shows up outside i didn't align my schedule so that mary would be there i didn't have a plan or a desire to go attack her and tell her all things god god set up the whole thing and as the moment presented itself i simply stepped in and began to bring truth onto a situation that was filled with darkness I simply shared parts of my testimony and I shared what the, what the word of God says to another person. God had set this whole thing up. God brought her there. He brought me there. God opened her heart. God gave me the words. All I had to do was speak into an open vessel that God did the opening of. And this is how... The grace of God works. This is how fruit is produced. It didn't require any effort. I didn't have to go on the hunt looking for something to do for God. I didn't have to go, you know, sign up at 6 o'clock to go to an event. No, it happens right where I'm at and it happens all the time. God knows where Michael's sitting. He knows where I'm working. And He knows how to bring people across my path just like He would anybody else. And I just feel like that is such an important message to be able to remind people and teach them that it doesn't require effort on your part to work for god you really just get involved where he's already at work and you walk into whatever open doors he opens it really is that simple something really awesome is happening this morning was our speaker at church And he had such a powerful word, and it came right out of 1 Kings 18, like right around verse 41. And it's where the very famous passage of Elijah sending his servant to see if any rain is coming after it's been out for three and a half years. He prays and prays, and then um, his servant on the seventh time says, I see the cloud the size of a man's hand on the horizon, and the rain comes. This is the scripture that God showed me to begin praying about. Um, and uh, two hours after I prayed show, show me the size a cloud the size of the man's hand two hours later Jerry Williams walked up to me and put a $100 bill in my hand this has been about two months ago, God showing me I'm with you, I'm going to take care of this and I'll take care of you financially and then one of the other numbers I see all the time, in fact I'm looking at one right now the second I turn my head wow, wow 11,013 that's 101 right in the middle this number i'm seeing all the time i'm surrounded by 101s right now incidentally god is so unbelievably amazing all the houses in this neighborhood are 11016 11018 there's 101s literally right now i'm surrounded by 101s this is zechariah chapter 10 verse 1 which says ask the lord for rain for it is the lord who sends rain in the springtime and it's the brain clouds and you're, you're, you're to be asking God. And I knew when I saw the scripture that God was wanting me to literally ask him for the, for the financial rain. And so that was confirmed this morning in church because he presented that scripture. And then the other thing I wanted to capture, um, is, uh, the fact that last night my stepfather was watching a movie called Runaway Train. And I sat down with him for a couple of minutes while I was finishing a sandwich, and the number on the train in that movie is 777. It's car 777 that's on a runaway. Um, this morning on the way home from church, um, my eyes happened to glance down as my odometer hit, you know, something, something, 77.7. So it was 777, and one second later it was 778. So my eyes went right to it at the same time. I'm up, uh, I'm, I'm right now listening to this amazing message by Ravi, who, um, the Indian guy who's in the movie Father of Lights, he's sharing an incredible message, um, about obedience, and that the angels in heaven want to watch your life when you're being obedient. And, uh, I just, I began to, to totally cry. I just, I just, he told this amazing story, and I, I literally just began to weep. I thought I was going to lose it on the side of the road. Um, because I feel I just realized how sweet my daddy's being to me and he's arranging things and doing things and his main message was never be so concerned with how things work. Don't worry about how miracles work, how prophecy works, how any of these things, miracles, healings. Don't quit worrying and trying to figure these things out and instead figure out the Father's heart. Be completely consumed with with who God is and what he would, would do in a certain situation instead of trying to figure out or to deconstruct. The things that God does. Don't be about the manifestation. Be about the God of the manifestation. And when you show up in obedience, God will begin to bring fire. And he was talking about Elijah. The prophet Elijah. And how in this generation, there is a a whole generation of Elijahs that are being uh, brought forth. And um, as I was listening to this message, I I got to the top of the mountain here. I'm at the very top of the mountain. And incidentally, this is another thing that's coming to me is in... Message this morning was that point four of provoking God's reign in your life. Point number four was to bring faith to the mountain of problems that you have in your life. To bring faith, and here I am, literally at the top of the mountain that I always walk at, and am and in prayer about. And as I'm walking across the top of this mountain, I walk up on a car that has this little bitty tiny UAH sticker on the back of it, and I just so happen to double check, catch. And see that the number on the parking sticker ends in 777. It was very small. My eyes went right to it. I stopped to look at it. This is now three 777s I've seen in the last um, 18 hours. And it incidentally is 30 days away from the next court date. In 30 days I'm supposed to be hauled back down to court for yet again the fourth time. And God is now again telling me already that he has delivered me. I didn't even have to show up at the last court date. I chose not to go. <clears throat> the father did not give me permission to go. And as soon as I received the papers from the court saying that there was a hearing, I told the father, if I'm supposed to go, you'll have to provide the money. And he never provided. And I said, father, I'm not going because you didn't provide the resources. And he just kept showing me seven seven seven, seven seven seven, seven seven, seven. My stepfather offered me the money and I said, no, thank you. I said, I'm not allowed to go. The Father was going to provide it, and it's not going to come through Mom, um, you know, based upon her fear. I'm walking in faith, and, and God knows, and I, I'm not supposed to go. God is showing me 777. As it turns out, I didn't even have to go to that court. Nothing happened. There were no repercussions. This in itself is a miracle, because you're supposed to be held in contempt when you don't go to court. And all that happened, and this saved me probably a $1,000 from having to go to Florida, um, all that happened was that judge has referred the hearing to the original magistrate that heard our heard our case. So now we're being referred back to him, and already the father is showing me 777. That means he's got it. He's taking care of it. I'm not sure if I'll have to show up. The last two times I've showed up in court, I barely had to do anything the last time. I didn't even have to to lift a finger. I didn't even have to bring papers. I brought papers and made copies and it was all for no reason. So I just want to capture this. Real quick journal entry while I was thinking about it. Because here it is, 30 days beforehand, God is showing me his faithfulness. This is incredible. I would not trade this relationship with my daddy for nothing. Absolutely nothing. On the way to the mountain today... I saw um, a truck. I was on. I was in the middle of praying, and I saw a truck with license plate it was 1101. While I was praying, now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Hebrews 11:01. I've been seeing this number every single day. God telling me to keep the faith. As I drove past the trailer, the very next house I looked at, the address was 1101. So God just affirming to keep the faith, keep believing, be certain of it. Um, you know, God is going to have to do an amazing miracle, which whoopie doo dah, that's what God does all the time for those who believe, uh, but the miracle is getting bigger. The need for a bigger miracle is getting bigger. Uh, I realized today I owe 400 and some odd, I think $407 on my cell phone bill. So that's uh, two months plus the next month's payment that's due to get my phone turned back on. Um, you know, I'm just, I'm way behind the eight ball all because I'm trusting the father. So I cannot Wait to see what he's going to do. He's telling me to be sure of what I hope for and so I'm going to be absolutely sure of it and I know it's coming. It's going to be awesome.